0: going to switch gears yet again here. We're going to talk about uh, a really interesting story. Uh, There's a report that came out uh, taking a look at the relationship involving CSIS and the RCMP, two national organizations um, ostensibly working on the same goals, but in different ways. And that's a big part of the problem they've identified. And it's an historic problem. It's been around for a long time. The two agencies um, don't communicate all that well and get in each other's way in some cases, and they both know it. It's a really, really interesting story. So we're going to chat with Dr. Christian Luprecht, who's a national security expert, uh, a professor at the Royal Military College, a professor in the Department of Political Science and Economics at Queen's University. Uh, Doc, thank you so much for your time today. appreciate you joining us. Good morning, always a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, this is a really interesting story. Basically, the National Security and Intelligence Review Agency looked into um, you know how CSIS and the RCMP work together, and, and they do, and found they've got some pretty big issues that they need to try and deal with, right?
1: So I think the first observation you made is already helpful that we actually discovered that they do work together because sometimes we have the impression that they live in separate universes. So I think Canadians can be reassured that federal agencies are actually talking to one another. Um, and, you know, I say that only half facetiously because we see time and again the problems of coordination in countries um, uh, among their own uh, their own agencies and especially in federal countries like Canada. Uh, so I think that's good news uh, there. So just to, I think, provide a little bit of background here. So, National Security and Intelligence Review Agency is a fairly new entity that's uh, about uh, two years old, um, and it is uh, it consolidates two and a half previous entities, and it, it is the bureaucratic component that does sort of administrative review of the entire intelligence function across the federal government so as to say 16 agencies plus the Department of National Defense but really its core focus are uh, the core 5 um, uh, agencies that conduct covert operations in one form or another, of which, uh, CSIS and the RCMP are two of those five core agencies. And that's where the public's concern tends to be concentrated. That is to say, agencies that effectively have the legal authority to break the law in their investigations, which is effectively what, um, intelligence agencies do. Mm-hmm. But they are very clear strictures around the conditions under which they can do so and the procedures that they have to follow. The other component here is that uh, the difference in mandates, and I think this is sometimes lost on the public, the RCMP does criminal investigations with the purpose of prosecuting people and a reasonable chance of obtaining a conviction. So the evidence they gather has to stand up in a court of law, whereas CSIS is a security service, so that is to say they have a lower threshold under which they can collect evidence, but it means then that evidence cannot be introduced in a court of law, and so they have respective concerns. The RCMP's concern is that if they uh, inadvertently introduce evidence that is collected by CSIS, that a court might throw out that evidence or possibly the whole case for uh, having been tainted, and CSIS is concerned that it might inadvertently reveal some of its methods, uh, some of its sources, or some of its collection means um, by virtue of having to then disclose those in court when the RCMP goes for prosecution. And so, deconflicting is a challenge, but usually these investigations start with the RCMP getting some sort of a tip, either by a foreign agency, by the public, uh, or by some other entity in the government of Canada. And when they feel that there may be grounds for criminal prosecution, then they hand that file over to the RCMP to do the investigation. And so, the objective here is to make sure the RCMP doesn't have to do the whole investigation all over again from the beginning, so how can the two effectively share intelligence and evidence? And so people refer to this as the intelligence to evidence problem, but I actually think that's the wrong way to look at it. It is really an intelligence
0: and evidence problem. The interesting part, and you're right, I think it's the two mandates that are so different. Um, the fascinating part in reading through the review of the report was um, there's actually There's RCMP employees and there's CSIS employees, and they'll be sitting there, wrecking. Like the CSIS employee will be looking what the RCMP is doing with the information and saying, knowing full well you're going in the wrong way, but we can't tell you why. We we have the evidence, but we can't share it because it will jeopardize a source or whatever the case may be. So it's got to the point where even if they recognize the RCMP is heading off in the wrong direction, they can't step in and get involved. They know the problem is there. So right. So there's a couple of coordination issues.
1: So we have the national security um, insets, the integrated national security enforcement teams. Uh, There's one in Calgary, for instance, I believe. So these are integrated joint force operations with several federal partners, as well as provincial and local partners. Uh, There's a handful of these across the country that are meant to do these particularly high priority investigations, because when somebody inherently poses a national security threat, then they inadvertently also pose a threat to public safety. And so we need to make sure that people aren't able to follow through uh, on the actions that they might be planning. So we have these entities, as you say, in, in some cases already sitting together. So then the question is, under what conditions can they actually share? And so one way that they can share is that the RCMP, uh, that thesis can effectively send a letter to the RCMP and say, why don't you look over there? You might find something. Right. The other is, we've already done all this work, so here's the part of the work that we can actually show you and here are the conditions under which you can use it and how you can use it. And I think the challenge that we continue to see is uh, both confidence on the CISA side to be able to hand over that evidence or, or the intelligence that will then, by virtue of having been handed over, become evidence and by the RCMP accepting that. And that is an experience issue. It is a legal issue. um, But it is ultimately also a training issue for the individuals who conduct these investigations. And as we know, in many cases, RCMP officers come up sort of through the ranks, and have uh, largely worked sort of on on experience, um, uh, whereas many sort of the, the, the Ceases officers come from a very different sort of background and mentality. So as to say you have two very different institutional cultures who are also uh, then having to work on these files. And I think what in is pointing out here, uh, that uh, there's considerable opportunity, not just for co- coordination, but that in 2019... There was an entire review done to improve the coordination um, that we're already further ahead um, than we were a decade ago, and that there has been considerable work, but there's considerable opportunity to do better. And I think part of the frustration that we read here is that after 2019, the pace of change has been relatively. Glacial, and it has been heard of, for instance, that even on the same investigation, it turns out that, for instance, the RCMP and CSIS investigate the same individual and aren't even aware that the other agency happens to be running. Uh, an investigation on that individual. And that's, of course, precisely the sort of coordination uh, that is necessary in order to make sure that the relatively meager national security resources that we have in this country are not only allocated optimally, but are also allocated um,
0: legally and allocated effectively. And, and, and the issue that you mentioned there, Doc, is you know when you have this kind of a situation, you've got these criminals, and if you're talking about a criminal that's on the radar of both the RCMP and CSIS, These are potentially some very, very serious problems facing Canadians. They're often operating while these two groups are trying to get their act together and collaborate, and the delay there could be potentially catastrophic. Uh, It can be catastrophic for the public, so I think
1: uh, in that sense, uh, there's enough coordination that if there's a serious concern about somebody moving from thought to action, for instance, that we have the mechanisms in place, by and large, to impede individuals. And uh, by and large, luckily in Canada, um, we've, I think done relatively well, both because of our societal predispositions as well as the tactical effectiveness of our agencies. But in many cases, the question is, well, we think somebody might be up to something bad. Uh, does it meet the threshold of criminal potential criminal prosecution? And then how do we make sure that if it does, uh, that is then investigated and coordinated, uh, coordinated properly? Um, and these are, I mean, these can be, Extremely time-consuming investigations. If you have somebody under surveillance, 24-7, for instance, that can consume up to 200 people on a full-time basis by the time you factor in all the lawyers, um, the people who have to be on the ground, the people who might be um, looking after the warrant process and so forth. So um, we can't afford to have all these people tied up uh, either doing peril investigations or... Um, collecting intelligence that then subsequently is either unusable as evidence or that is not being used properly as evidence, even though it could be used properly as evidence. And I think that's the frustration that we get here uh, in the, uh, in the INSEER report, that on both sides, on both institutional
0: culture, as well as sort of the yeah. training, there's significant opportunity for improvement. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, and we'll look for that. Uh, Dr. Loupbrecht, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Always oh, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That is Dr. Christian Luprecht, the national security expert and a professor at the Royal Military College and a professor in the Department of Political Science and Economics at Queen's University.